Well, good evening and welcome to Steadfast. I am on location tonight as we continue our series, Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence. And you might say, well, Tim, why are you filming on location tonight? Why aren't you in the normal space? What's going on here? And if you were with me last night, you may remember I was talking about my friends, the inflatable snowmen. I'd like to introduce you to some of those friends. And you may see them not inflated behind me right now, but what happens when they inflate? Well, if you've never seen them before, you don't know what's going to happen because you don't know what they look like. But I have inflated them before. But last night we talked about how when I first inflate a inflatable, I make sure to let it inflate. And then after that inflatable is inflated, I stake it down because I need to know where it's going before I decide to put my stakes in and, and hold it down so that it's exactly where it's supposed to be. One of the nice things about that is once they're staked down, once they're there, I can be pretty confident they're going to come back up where I intended them to be. Now, sometimes the wind blows and it kind of blows them off kilter a little bit, but they come back to where they're staked to. And they, they have several different stakes. They have stakes on their bottoms going into the ground and then the stakes with the rope. And so it is that my friends here are working on inflating right now because they're staked into something secure. So even though each day the weather's a little different, even though, hello there, even though things might change a bit here to there each time they come up, each time they come up, well, maybe they get their little spines reversed. There we are. But they come up where they're meant to be. And, well, more will pop up in a moment, just like we pop into different situations. But they know where they're staked. They know what's at stake, we might say. And that's what scripture calls us to understand in our own lives as well. What's at stake? Where should we stake? And last night we talked about how we're called to set ourselves into God's kingdom, to stake into that. It's where we're going to find security. You see, what happens is in life we get tossed around. Maybe the sun comes up and the, the timer goes off and we deflate and we feel very deflated in that moment. And yet, if we staked into God's word, then when it's time for us to come back on again, we inflate to where we're supposed to be. Where are we staked tonight? Part of the way that this works, like I said, is I, I have them staked in after seeing where they're going. Tonight we're going to look a little bit more at where we're going as a world. Where are we headed? That's what we find in God's Word. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 12 tonight if you want to turn there. But let me pray for us and then we'll dig in. Let's pray. Father, would you be with us tonight as we think about what's at stake, where you are leading us? Lord, when we feel deflated, when we feel uncertain, when we feel insecure, when we feel like everything is blowing us to and fro, would you help us to be staked? in your truth. Help us remember where you are headed with us. That we will return there and realize that we can anchor securely and forever in you. So we pray this in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and look at Revelation chapter 12. We read these words, And a sign, a great sign appeared in heaven, 
a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying in birth pains at the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, that he might devour it. What do we see there? Here is where the wind is coming in. The other night I had to turn my, my friends here off because they were blowing all over the place. Even this guy here, he's very low to the ground. You'd think he could stay put. He wasn't staying put the other night because the wind was blowing so hard. This guy got his sign all twisted up even as he was deflated because it was blowing so hard. Here we see Satan is bringing his full wind to bear here. He is ready for destruction. We think about this this serpent that's being described here as the woman is about to give birth and it's a picture here of the cosmic battle around Jesus coming into the world. Jesus is going to come, the, the woman who either represents Mary directly or at least Israel, the chosen people, the Messiah is going to come out of that people. Satan is ready to pounce and attack and defeat God's plan. That wind's going to blow and we see that in the Christmas story. We made reference over the last few weeks to King Herod and we think about what he did murdering all the infants under two years of age once he learned of the birth of the Messiah because he wanted to make sure that that Messiah wouldn't get staked into the ground he was going to bring his full wind to bear Satan was using him and he used other forces throughout time because he was determined to blow over what God was doing to, to bring what was rising up knock it over and make sure it couldn't do what it was going to do. The plan of God couldn't do what it was going to do. What do we see about this serpent in this passage? We see that the great serpent knocks down a third of the stars and many commentators have said this seems to be a reference to when Satan took a portion of God's angels and had them follow him. We, we know that some of the angels are fallen. We have demons. We have spiritual forces that once were beautiful and aligned with God, he chose not to be. And so Satan, as he sees God's plan coming, there, oh, there's going to be this child born, this child that's going to lead the people and is going to oppose my plan. It's easy for Satan to say, well, I'll just do what I did before. I knocked a third of the stars out of the sky. I can knock over the inflating plan of God. I'll bring it to a fully deflated state and it will never rise up against me. What do we know about Jesus? Jesus isn't an angel. Some people have sometimes suggested that Jesus is an angel or something like an angel, a sort of God. It's why it's so important that we understand who Jesus really is, that Jesus isn't just a powerful being. Jesus is the very Son of God. He is God incarnate in the flesh. God came down to rescue us. You see, this, this is the thing that Satan didn't understand. He saw the inflatables, maybe even saw some of the straps. But why did I turn my friends off here the other night in the wind? I turned them off because even though I had them strapped down, I wasn't confident in those straps. They're not perfect. And Satan saw God's plan and he thought, it's not perfect. I can knock it down. It won't really be able to hold. And that's what we see if we turn to Matthew chapter 4. Very beginning of Matthew chapter 4, what are we told? Then Jesus was led up 
by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Satan's waiting there for Jesus and he thinks, I, I can bring this into my own court. I'll, I'll bring Jesus in. I'm super good at temptation. I was able to mess up the very first human beings ever. God made two human beings. Immediately, I bring in temptation and they deflate. I pull them right out of their anchors. So there's this Jesus that's born here. No problem, I'll bring him down too. I'll tempt him, I'll, I'll, I'll encourage him. Show how faithful you are by jumping off the temple and let God rescue you. Do things like that. Satan thinks he knows how to deflate Jesus, but what do we see? We see that there's more to this story. Well, let's not rush to that. Sometimes we, we forget how powerful the forces of evil are. And at Jesus' coming, we see that the, the hateful wrath of hell is coming right to bear upon God's plan. Satan is going to use everything he has to try to defeat Jesus. Like I said, there's a sign of something else. We need to see this part because we need to understand exactly how big this spiritual battle is. God wants us to understand that when he calls us to follow him, that he's not calling us out of just a nice park into another nice park or from a, a, a decent motel into a nicer hotel. He's calling us from the middle of a battleground in which Satan wants to destroy everything God has made, take everything good and turn it to bad. He's calling us out of that into safety. Have you ever had the chance to see an American president speak? Maybe at a campaign rally, for example. I, I got to do that years ago. One of the presidents came through town. He was campaigning for re-election, and I got to go to the rally. And if you even watch a president on TV, although I found this really striking, even though I was thousands of people away, just being there in person, seeing this, what do they do wherever the president goes? They, they bring his podium along. And before he comes out, that very distinctive podium of the president of the United States is placed there on the stage. When you see that there with that presidential seal on it, you know the president is coming, that his authority is there. Then you look around and you see the secret service agents with their, their sniper guns and so on. The, the authority and the power and the protective force of the president is there. And then once all that's there, they don't just randomly put that different places. Once that is there, you know the president is coming, the president comes, and then he speaks. And he can speak with great authority because his power is there. Everything that represents his power is there. When we think about Jesus coming into the world, what does Jesus do? He comes, and you think about that podium. That podium isn't strong by itself. That little baby in a manger didn't look strong by himself, and yet, what do we see there? We saw God putting his podium on the earth saying, Satan, yes, you have this plan. Yes, you're, you're bringing the wind to bear, and you've knocked over a bunch of inflatables in the past. But this time, you're not going to pull the anchors out of the ground. God put his podium here because he's going to win. Because he already has won. We turn to Revelation chapter 12 once again. Take a look at verse 5. It says, She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished with 1,200 in 60 days. What's going on there? This is the speed through 
fast forward at 50 times speed version of the incarnation. Jesus is born and then he ascends into heaven. Yes, it skips all the earthly details, but John here, he knows that we have that. We have the gospels. What is John doing here? He wants us to understand. We see this stuff happening on earth. We see Jesus' ministry. We see the crucifixion. What's happening in the grand scheme of the, the cosmos as that stuff happens on earth? And that stuff that took a few decades for those living at that time, it seemed like a really long time. But what was really going on? The whole spread of history, everything that was and everything that's going to be was being dealt with in that moment. And so that's what we see here. He pinches the zoom down like we do on our phones and he zooms out so that you can see very clearly where the overall trajectory is. Just like when I inflate these guys and I see what they're going to look like and how big they're going to be and exactly how they're positioned. And then, and then I put the stakes in the ground. We see here someone who's clearly special is born. Of course, we know that's Jesus, so we know how special. And that's why then God brings the rest of his special forces in. We see, for example, last night, the land is read from Luke chapter 2. What do the angels say? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. But Jesus is coming, God's full glory, that podium, the secret service agents, the, the jet sitting outside that has other jets patrolling it, the, the, the patrol fighter jets in the sky, all that stuff is there, only so much more powerful than anything we can create. The best protection for a president isn't perfect. The best protection to stake down my inflatables isn't perfect. But God's protection is perfect. When God says, I'm going to do this, he does it. And so we see the full glory of God being revealed here. Satan may not fully soak that in. Satan doesn't want to soak that in because somehow he thinks he can still best God. But he's not going to. He's going to fail. Today, tomorrow, the rest of our lives, when we're being blown to and fro, and we think, what in the world's going on? Even those times when it feels sort of like God's turned us off and deflated us so that the wind won't blow and we wonder, well, is God really going to bring his full plan to bear? The real question is, where are we anchored? Because when God anchors his plan, it stays put. When we anchor a plan on our own, I put many of these stakes in the ground and had them blow out over the years. Because my stakes aren't perfect. When, you have the pun, when the stakes are so high, we knew I couldn't resist that. When the stakes are so high, where are we staking ourselves? Are we going to stake ourselves in our own plans that we think can be strong? that we think can solve things, the, the quick fixes, the, the momentary repair of the situation, the, the things that seem to make life happy for the moment, are we going to stake ourselves in what will last for eternity? That's the real challenge that we're given at Christmas time. Because we rush to those quick fixes. Oh, if I just have a big enough party, everyone will get along, it'll be a great party, and, and it'll, it'll lead into a great year. Oh, if I just give the right gifts, everyone will be happy, and it'll lead into a great year. I just get enough stuff on sale for myself while I'm shopping for others. I'll have all kinds of nice things and it'll be a great year. And yet, what do we find? It always, always falls short. Now, admittedly, if I get a, another snowman on sale, it's, yeah, I, I smile at snowmen. They make me awfully happy. But they don't make 
the overall situation of life all that different. They, they can make me smile in the moment, and I am so thankful for these guys because you look outside, you look at them smiling, and it's a reminder of the beauty of God's creation. And yet, what do I need to do? I need to do more than just find the right snowman for whatever spot needs to be filled. I need to turn to something that truly anchors me, that never has to be turned off because of the wind, that will never rot, that will never have hail destroy it, that will last for eternity. And that's our encouragement here, as we see this cosmic battle. Because sometimes I think we decide to do our own plan. Sometimes I think we decide to, to run away from God's plan because we say, maybe evil will triumph and I just need to get the best deal I can in this moment. Maybe the stakes will pull out of the ground. And then my snowman's going to blow away anyway. Maybe I need to act a little bit more like those who act evilly. And I've seen over history, just go and read a little bit of the history of Christianity. Read what we do as Christians. And so often we anchor ourselves to people and ideas that are wicked and evil because we think, but this person will get me ahead. This idea, this ideology will get me ahead. Friends, it never will. Unless we're anchoring to God's word, that's the only anchor that we can truly hold on to. Unless we're anchoring to Jesus, that's the only anchor we can hold on to. The, the, the most brilliant politician, the most brilliant philosopher, the most brilliant influencer, the most successful business person, those people are going to be blown out of the ground just like everything else. Unless they too anchor themselves to Jesus. And even then, even when we find fellow Christians, so often we mislead each other. We need to anchor to him, to Jesus, not to even those who are anchored to him. Jesus is the one who anchors us. And as the church, we the best thing we can do is not say, well, I'm following Jesus, so anchor onto me. No, what we do is we get out the rubber mallet and we start pounding down each other's stakes into God's ground, into his firm foundation. Because we know that he's the one that's going to allow us to experience his triumph. And that's what we see in this 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 little fast-forwarded clip of the Incarnation. We see the Incarnation bring God's victory. The serpent is furious. The serpent wants to kill that child that's going to wreck everything for him, but he can't. God's plan will not be defeated. Satan, at the temptation, couldn't defeat Jesus. Before that, Herod couldn't kill enough infants to defeat Jesus. Later, the, the religious leaders opposing Jesus, they couldn't defeat Jesus by turning him over to the Romans. The Romans couldn't defeat Jesus by putting him on the cross. And those who have who've opposed Christianity over the ages, they have not been able to defeat Jesus and they have not been able to defeat his church. What do we see about this woman who seems to move from a picture of either Israel or Mary to a picture of the church, continuing that line of God's chosen throughout? We see that God protects her for a season until the end of days. God protects his church. We can see that over history. How many people have either tried to corrupt the church or overthrow the church? How many people today want to shut down the church all around the world? Christians are dying all around the world out of persecution. But they can't defeat the plan of God. I heard a fascinating story this morning about... Bono, the, the lead singer of U2, showing up at the Twin Anchors restaurant and tavern in Chicago. 
he, he showed up there. This I have never heard of Twin Anchors, but apparently it's a, a place to be if you're a celebrity. Frank Sinatra years ago was there. Some baseball players and others have been there. It, it's this place where celebrities go. And so Bono shows up and, well, even for the people they've had show up, it's the, the lead singer of one of the biggest bands in the last few decades. That's a big, big deal. And so he shows up and then he's singing Christmas carols with people and taking selfies with people. People were ecstatic. Then it came out today, Bono wasn't even in Chicago. This was a Bono impersonator, and it sounds like, if I'm understanding what happened exactly right, the guy showed up, he impersonates Bono in a, a U2 cover band. People thought he was Bono, and he just decided to go along with it, and it just exploded wildly out of control. People know basically what Bono looks like. They know basically what he sounds like. Most people don't actually know up close and personal. They haven't been with Bono, and so they fell for it. So often we fall for fake Jesuses. We, there's someone that comes into the place where we're dining, where we're living, and says, I'm Jesus. I, I'm I'm the one communicating God's truth. And they're not ever that explicit. We know that, right? But they say, I'm the one that's going to do what God's called all of us to do. You should just follow me. Follow my ideas. Yeah, they sound a little bit off from what you've read in the, the, the Word of God but they're going to bring success. And I, I, here I am. It's clear I am with Jesus. So you should just follow me. Satan loves to be fake Jesus. Satan loves to raise up fake Jesuses. And throughout the ages, we've seen so many of them. Today, there are so many people who speak in the name of Jesus, but don't speak his truth. But Satan's going to fail. Every one of those fake Jesuses will fail. They may cause all too many people to take their straps and to strap into what they're saying and to hold on to what they're saying rather than onto the word of God, but they will fail. If we strap onto them instead of God, though, we'll go in failure with them. So we need to choose the real Jesus. John shows us this cosmic picture, and the gospel writers and the epistle writers and the prophets, they all give us this picture of the genuine Jesus, the real Jesus, so that when we read his word, it's like him holding up his ID and saying, here, I can prove it to you. I really am Jesus. May we hold on to that. May we take flight away from those who call us anything less than the full truth of our God. May we anchor to him. Because here's the wonderful thing. As we see this, as we see this battle, this force, these forces, these agents of evil and these forces of good, we're trying to figure out where our plans are going and whether they're inflating and what it looks like. God's showing us a picture of how the whole of the cosmos inflates and he's saying, anchor to this. We can choose to be agents of good. We can choose to be agents that don't say, follow me. I'm so wise. I'm so special. I'm listening to this message. I go to church. I do all this stuff. You should follow me. Instead, be agents of Jesus who say, follow him because he's the only one who can truly inflate your life and truly anchor you down and can truly bring you everywhere that God intends you to be. Let's pray tonight that's exactly what all of us do this Christmas and every Christmas. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, too often it feels like we we want to chase after the, the fake Jesuses. We want to sort of semi-inflate our lives and, and then anchor down to what's around us that looks secure rather than allowing you to show what the fully inflated picture is and anchoring the only thing that's secure, which is you and your word. 
Would you stop us from doing that today, Lord? Would you help us to seek your truth, to hold on to your truth today and every day? Would you guide us, Father, as we pray? Would you help us to then be agents of good, not fake Jesuses that go and get people to follow you, sort of, but agents of good that point to your truth, call people to your truth. And because we do that, we see more people anchored to what will never fail, anchored to your victory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope this has been an encouragement to you tonight. And if it has, would you help inflate the number of people that get to see it by sharing it on social media, sharing it by email, calling someone up and saying, hey, you could use some encouragement this Christmas season. You've been saying, sort of like Charlie Brown, what's it all really about this Christmas? Well, here's what it's really all about. Would you invite someone? May sit down with someone and invite them to explore what Christmas is really about. We are called to be agents of good, and you can help with that. If there's any way I can pray for you today, I would love to hear from you. You can shoot us a text at our texting line or leave a comment in the comments below. And don't forget, on Sunday nights, we have our Advent services celebrating the goodness of God. Christmas Eve is a Sunday. We will have our Christmas Eve service at 5.30, just like usual on Sunday. You can be there in person or online, and we can't wait to share that with you. Also, a special announcement. Maybe you try to tune in on Friday night for a Christmas faith tree. We had a glitch in our streaming computer, and it distorted the choir. You couldn't hear them. And some of the other sound and some of the other video wasn't quite where it should have been. Maybe you tuned out because of that, and you missed out on part of that beautiful journey that zooms back into what John's referring to here, shows the cosmic battle over time that's the case or you just want to experience it again and, and hear it even more clearly tonight going up just after this service will be the remastered version of a christmas faith tree including new audio of the choir so you can actually hear them i can't wait to share it with you i hope you'll check it out tonight and i hope you have a wonderful and merry rest of this advent week i'll see you again very soon Thank you.